Welcome to Deeper, a podcast by Wollongong Baptist Church. Join us as we take the plunge and dive deeper into God's Word, the Bible. Here, we'll unpack and examine further the Bible talks presented on Sundays across our three English-speaking services. Today, we'll be thinking through more from our latest instalment in our series on the Book of One Peter, as we consider what it means to be living as Christians now in light of our eternity with Christ. So, let's get right into it and dive everybody and welcome back to another episode of Deeper. My name is Grace Jones. Thanks so much for tuning in to our uh, new series in the book of 1 Peter. If you haven't already um, heard our previous episodes, then I encourage you to go back and have a listen. Firstly, we've had a look at the opening verses in chapter 1 of 1 Peter, um, so that would definitely be worth having a listen to as Rod Bailey unpacked that for us. Um, Also, though, there is a special feature, um, a special guest, I suppose, who joined us last week from Open Doors. Um, And so if you're interested in hearing a little bit more about the persecuted church, um, how we can be supporting them, especially in light of um, reading this letters, um, yeah, we consider what it means to live in light of eternity as Christians now, um, then I encourage you to go back and have a listen to that talk as well. Um, but this morning we are pressing on as we continue in the book of 1 Peter, we're looking at chapter 1 um, from verse 13 through to chapter three, uh, chapter 2, verse 3. Um, and joining me today is Pastor Ken Davies. G'day everyone, it's great to be back again. All right, well, it's great to have you with us. I feel like it's actually been quite a while since um, you've joined us on Deeper. Um, But can you just summarize for us, what was your talk actually about on Sunday, especially for the 6 p.m. people who we actually haven't heard it at all? Um, So can you give us um, some flesh on the bones of what your talk was actually about? Sure. Um, Yeah, it's great to be back again. Um, 1 Peter 1 verses 13 through to chapter 2 verse 3, um, Peter makes very clear he's actually developing his ideas from chapter 1 verses 1 to 12. So in the introduction, he set the scene for who we are as glorious exiles. And we've got the tent out the front of church reminding us that we're still a tent, but we're also glorious. And so these two contrasting truths Uh, are both true about us as people. Uh, And so Peter says, in light of that, recognizing that truth, therefore focus on the future reality, the thing that's going to be true of you in the future when Jesus is revealed. And because that that great hope that we have, the living hope, the the perfection that's guaranteed and, and kept secure by God, because all of those things are true about us, Therefore, now in the present, live holy lives. Uh, And so there was a number of illustrations just uh, as kids. um, We've got to get out of the house quickly. So rather than getting distracted by all the things that could be happening and are enjoyable now, because something's about to happen, well, I've got to act now. And so Peter takes that whole principle and says, because of the future that's coming, you need to live holy lives in the present. Uh, And how that's most clearly shown that he... Uh, starts to go into a little bit of detail about uh, is how we love one another Uh, and as we love one another more and more deeply uh, then that's showing that we've actually got this uh, and that it's actually having the effect on our lives that it's supposed to Uh, 
Uh, a lot of his talking is still at a theoretical level and he's showing the motivation for why we do things rather than actually going to specifics of what does this look like in day to day. Um, but he's setting up the, the principle that he's going to go on and develop in the following chapters. Uh, well, we are going to spend some time thinking about how do we take it from that kind of theoretical into the practical. But um, before we get there, I guess I just want to start with a question that's really grounded in the text itself. So I'm looking at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22, and it says this, Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from the heart. Um, now, the second half of that question, uh, sorry, that, that verse makes a lot of sense the first part though um we might get a little bit tripped up on it says you have purified yourselves um so similar idea to last week i guess we kind of came across this tension but i'm wondering if you can speak to it who does the purifying is it my responsibility to purify myself or is that the work of god yeah it's a great question um and the very fact that we ask it as an either or question and and we and we all do um I think shows that we're not aligned in our thinking with how the biblical writers understand things to be. Uh, and so Peter's making very clear that it is my responsibility to purify myself. And yet in some sense, it's something that I'm incapable of doing. Uh, it's something that only Jesus can do. Um, and so Peter again is tying two things together um, that seem to be conflicting. The fact that we're glorious and exiles just doesn't make sense. Um, the fact that um, we've got something but we don't have something, it's in the future. Uh, and I think that this is another one of them, um, that it is our responsibility to purify ourselves. And yet we don't do that by doing a whole bunch of particular actions or spiritual rituals or something like that. The way we're the way that we do this in practice is by obeying the truth, uh, by obeying Jesus, chapter 1, verse 2 said, uh, and sprinkling by his blood. Uh, and so there is a, there's an action that's required on our behalf. Uh, and so the illustration that I used in my talk was the idea of a car. Um, I had to do work on it and it was passive and just received the, the renovation job that was being done. But the renovation job that's being done in us um, is something that God's doing the work and yet we can't be passive and just wait for it to be done to us. There's a, there's a requirement of us to be actively involved in this, to be uh, understanding where God's taking us, where the end um, position that we're going to end up in, uh, what that looks like, and therefore us aligning ourselves with that and being involved in the process. Uh, and so rather than it being, is it God or is it me? Well, it's both and. I guess we just have to get comfortable with living in that tension. Yeah, so. <laughs> um, cool. Well, uh, I guess my next question then is what, what actually is our motivation for obedience to God? Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a good question. Um, I think one of the things that comes out really clearly um, is that we're motivated to, to obey God because of where we're going to end up. This is almost like you know where the final page of the book finishes and that's how the story ends and therefore we need to be doing things that will be the stepping stones that get us to that point. Um, and so it's having a very clear understanding of what we're going to. Uh, Peter makes it really clear that there's a, uh, 
there's the eternal nature um, this is what you're going to be into eternity. And so rather than focusing on the things that come naturally to you, which are fading, which are going to break down over time, we need to be understanding, well, this is what you're going to be permanently. Um, so start developing those things now. You are going to love your brothers and sisters into eternity. So start doing it now so that as that becomes your ongoing characteristic, that it's already something that you've developed. Um, and so it's that end goal um, is, the, is there, but it also then looks backwards to Jesus uh, and sees what he has done, what he's been through, and the pattern that's established for how he's treated and what comes out of that is very much the pattern for our understanding of living as well and so the fact that he's mistreated the fact that he suffers um, sets the example for us to follow and for us to understand that this is the normal christian life this is this is what we are to expect and so as we uh, face those things then as jesus obeyed then therefore we will obey as well because he set the example the pattern for how we are to live all right, well, let's get practical like we said that we would. Um, there's been so much talk already in this book about living now in light of the future. So I, I would really like to start getting into some specific examples of what that actually looks like. So I'm wondering if you could talk us through um, what it might look like to live now in light of eternity uh, in terms of uh, our finances, our parenting, our relationships, career choices, where we choose to live, the list goes on and on, I suppose. Yeah, um, and, and it is. It's a really helpful clarifying, and I think that's the idea um, that Peter's establishing at the beginning before he gets into really specific um, life choices. Uh, he's setting up the principle by which we're able to make those decisions. Um, and so having a clear understanding that what my ultimate goal in life is to be holy um, and that's what I'm going to be into eternity therefore um, as I think about my finances well obviously finances is not the most important thing in life my finances must be understood in light of holiness rather than in maximum capacity or maximum um, retaining of them um, and so it's going to put a a nuance to finances it doesn't necessarily give you a uh, a clear um, methodology by which to decide should i invest in that or should i invest in something else um, but because my ultimate goal is what i'm going to be into eternity and this is going to be glorifying to god then that's going to influence practically um, that a certain amount of my finances is going to be contributing to that the only thing that i can take into eternity is people um, and so if none of my finances is committed to that goal nothing's committed to supporting people who are in ministry um, supporting people who are reaching out to uh, people who are non-christians in other countries then clearly i've got a misunderstanding about what my finances are for um, similarly with parenting uh, my, my parenting is ultimately about um, glorifying God um, and so it's not just a decision about um, what kind of punishment I should dish out to my kids I'm thinking about well how can I do my parenting in such a way 
that my kids are going to understand that this is what they're going to be into eternity. And so um, obviously that's going to have a massive impact on the, the Christian teaching that's going to be a part of everything that we're doing. Um, our motivation to do good at to do well at school uh, is not just because I want to get a good career. Uh, you're going to have to be talking about well, how is this going to be glorifying to God? Uh, and so, even from hopefully from a very young age, our kids are understanding that what they're doing uh, is not for themselves, but for the glory of God. This is something that they're developing characteristics that are going to be ongoing characteristics, uh, both now as they grow up and into eternity. Um, and so all, all of these things are, are showing that um, we're, we're using a different criteria by which we're evaluating what's most important. Um, and often that will lead to very similar decisions. Should I do more work on my assignment? Yes, you should. But that's not because you want to get an A instead of a B, but because with what God's given you, you need to be uh, using that to honor him. Uh, and so there's a very different motivation for why you're doing it. Um, and sometimes that will have practical um, decisions not to put as much work into something as somebody else might because uh, so in my career choices if I'm going to get ahead in my career well I'm going to do the 80 hours versus 60 hours that my colleagues doing so that I'll be able to get ahead uh, but if my understanding of what life is all about is that I want to be doing this in a way that honors God I want to be doing this in a way so that others hear the declaration of his praises um, then I'm not going to sink myself purely into my career. I'm going to be using my career as an opportunity to interact with people so that they hear about Jesus. And so it's not necessarily where do I live, what job do I do, but more about how do I take the opportunities in whatever it is that I'm involved in, whatever season in life I'm at, um, looking at that as a, a new opportunity that God's given me uh, to be able to be having an influence on others around me um, so that they would see Jesus and his significance. Thanks. That's really helpful. I guess playing out of that then, um, some of us are goal setters. Or I guess some of us are pretty anti-goal setting and like to just come what may. But um, how should our future impact the goals that we set for ourselves or the things that we strive for or pursue? Um, what if the thing we're pursuing isn't actually really connected to eternity? What should we do then? Yeah, um, I'll answer the second question first. If we're pursuing something that isn't connected to eternity, um, it should stop and, and make us reflect and think, wow, why am I doing this? Now, that doesn't necessarily mean therefore get rid of it, but it could be how do I change what I'm doing so that it's got an appropriate motivation? Um, and so I might be working really hard and, and just pushing my goals are that I want to, uh, work up to the next step on the career ladder um, and, and I'm doing it just because this is self-gratification or it will lead to a higher wage or whatever it is but if I understand that I'm doing it out of a selfish motivation and realize wow this is not about um, me glorifying God this is not about me becoming more holy this is not about other people understanding who Jesus is it doesn't necessarily mean oh okay well I've got to get rid of my job and stop being uh, really good at what I'm 
gifted at doing, uh, it could just mean I've got to stop and reflect and change what my motivation is. Now that may actually make you work even harder uh, because you're no longer doing it just to honour yourself and to self-promote, um, but actually you want to promote Jesus through this. And so it could, um, it could make you even more uh, driven. So how does the future impact the goals we set or the things that we pursue? Um, we've, got to, we've got to have a bigger vision, I think, is what Peter's saying. Um, that we, We've got to keep reminding ourselves that he's writing to people who are being actively persecuted. Um, and it's very, very easy um, when that's taking place to just be going into survival mode. How do I get through and, and I, hear, I hear a lot of that kind of talk being spoken about. How am I going to get through this week, this month, this year so that I can just take my breath and then, and then keep going? Um, and so that whole idea of survival, if we're just getting through, uh, Peter wants us to say, no, no, if you're actually going to survive and, and do well, actually utilize the situation you're in for God's glory then the way that you do that is by having a much bigger understanding of what life is all about. Where is it going? Uh, what's the, what's the long-term uh, thing so that you can see your present in light of where this is actually going under God? That's really helpful. Uh, well, the passage talks to um, this idea of love a lot, loving the brothers. Um, and you're our community pastor so I thought um might be good to hear some of your uh, perceptions I guess you've got a bit more of a, a bird's eye view of how our congregations are going um as a church at, at, at loving each other um how are we holding up in this area what are some ways that we need to grow in our love for others yeah it's really interesting how Peter shows that the love for one another um which he which he says is already sincere uh, and yet it needs to be something that we continue to develop. Um, and this is not just, okay, you're doing an okay job, you've got to do even more. I think he's showing that this is an ongoing development that's always going to be taking place. The reality is that in the future as we're perfected, uh, and that's the hope, the, the eternal hope that we have, or the living hope that we have, um, Peter's showing that um, in light of that, this is not something that you're ever going to be satisfied that I've made it. I'm actually, oh, yeah, I'm doing pretty well at loving and I can just sit back and just retain the status quo from here on in. Um, this is something that's going to be continued, continually developing. Uh, when I've understood how to do a particular aspect, well, I'm going to look at ways that I can do even more things. Um, so in terms of evaluating WBC, like we've only been here since January uh, and so uh, we've had some insights into what's taking place. Um, I think that one of the things that sticks out to me at WBC is that the church does welcome new people in. Um, there's a really good atmosphere of if somebody arrives at church, um, it's pretty hard for them to sneak in and just sit in the back row without somebody meeting them, greeting them. Um, asking them how they're going and can they help um, and 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 so that's a really positive thing that I that I want to encourage us to to recognize that hey this is a characteristic of who we are as a church um, but then Peter will say well because you're already doing it sincerely we'll do it deeply from the heart so what does that mean how's this going to push us on um, 
well, perhaps rather than just greeting people at the door, that means that we're going to, rather than sit in a particular location where we've always sat, uh, we'll choose to sit next to that new person. Uh, and then at the end of the service, um, stand up with them and invite them out to morning tea with you um, and continue the conversation. And so prioritizing people, um, I think, is one of the really, really important things that we can do as a church. Um, when people are given time, they, that's one of the most important things. People always talk about how busy they are. And if we give people our time, if we give them our attention, uh, we show by doing that how significant someone is and they're, and they're naturally going to feel loved by that. Um, and it's something that we can do. Um, we've got to have a right mindset then as we come to church that um, I'm not going there just for myself and to make sure that I make that conversation with my friend. Um, perhaps you can do that through some other channel and actually know that as you're going or, or try to come to church with the attitude, I'm setting aside this time so that I can interact with someone. And it may not be a, a, a brand new person. It may just be somebody that you don't know, uh, that you don't normally talk to and just say, okay, I'm going to make a conscious effort to actually go and ask that person how they're going uh, and give them the time to actually listen. One of the things that I spoke about uh, in the sermon is is just giving people the time that they know that they you're not just being asked, uh, how are you? Oh, yeah, I'm fine. But to actually keep uh, actively listening and pushing that question further so that they understand that you're not just being socially polite, you're actually wanting to know how they are. And so when they realize that as they give their answer that you can uh, ask them questions to, to push that further so that they really understand that oh, I can actually express what I'm thinking um, and, and this person's wanting to know this. Wow, isn't that fantastic? Um, I think another thing that we can do better on um, is inviting people into our homes. Uh, it's easy uh, because of our great facility to just do morning tea, to just do dinner at church on six uh, after 6 p.m. Um, and keep it at a distance. Um, I think that one of the things that Australians really appreciate is that uh, if you're invited into somebody's ho home, it's showing that, that they are important. Um, and, and so it's something that we can do um, and just try it. Put out the invitation. People may knock you back, um, but even just asking it can potentially be for somebody, wow, this is this is somebody who considers me really important, that they're asking me back to their house, that they're not they're not trying to do this at a distance, that they want to incorporate me into their life. Uh, well for some of us um, we've been Christians for a long time and yet um, our our progress in in living in light of eternity seems really slow. Um, why why is that? Why is our own progress um, yeah, just such a, uh, it seems to just go at such snail's pace. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll quote Lewis. I'll read out Lewis's quote that I said in the sermon. Uh, at the end of it, he says, it is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this. Um, and it's a, it's a, obviously a very strong criticism, um, that some people in the past have had their, a clear view of eternity and that drives them very much to act practically in the present um, and, and I think it is a reality that 
the the voice of society, um, the the noises that are coming to us regularly, are telling us to focus on the present. Uh, if we set goals long term in the future, we're setting five year or ten year goals, and it's like, oh wow, I can't imagine thinking beyond that. Uh, but Peter's telling us very clearly that you must think beyond that if you're actually going to have. Uh, a clear enough understanding of where you should be heading. Um, if you're only setting five or ten year goals, they're far too short. Um, and so I think part of our our weakness in or slowness in developing in this area is just the fact that we're too focused uh, on the present. We're far too focused on just this year. Um, or when our kids finish school or something something that's fairly short term uh, rather than us thinking, okay, in another 40 years, where do I want to be in my holiness? Because of what I'm going to be in eternity, what things should I be saying no to now? What things should I be developing more now? Um, and we, it, it's just not a natural way for us to think because our society is so much driven by what, what am I doing today? Um, and so we've got to develop, and I think that's what Lewis is saying, we've got to develop uh, a listening ear to a different voice. Um, there, there is a, there's something that's been made clear, and that's what Peter's obviously pointing towards. This is a reality. This is the living hope that you're supposed to have. Um, but it will take time to develop it. It's going to take um, structured thinking and planning to actually regularly reflect on this so that we don't fall into the trap of just the urgent uh, but continue to be thinking longer term and thinking okay therefore in light of that what do I need to be doing now um, well at the very end of the passage that you preached on Sunday uh, it in verses 2 to 3 of chapter 2 it says like newborn babies Crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Um, just as we wrap up our conversation for this week, I'm wondering if you have any recommendations for us um, as we crave pure spiritual milk. Uh, perhaps it's specific parts of scripture that we could be reading or other resources that might be uh, to our benefit. Um, maybe you could even share a little bit about what your own habits or practices have been in developing in this area. I'm going to quote my home group on this one um, because as we were working through the study, uh, I think they came up with a really, really helpful answer. Um, we were talking through the whole idea of craving that, that a baby just naturally craves. Um, they don't have to be taught to do it. They don't have to be told to do it. They don't have to be corrected because they don't have it. It's just something that's there. Uh, and so we're asking the question, well, if, if that desire is not there to read God's word, if there's not a desire to, to have the relationship, well, do I just wait for it to come about? Um, and, and the obvious answer is no, you don't. Um, sometimes you just have to uh, require yourself to do it. You set yourself, this is my responsibility, and I just have to make it a priority, and I do it and just keep doing it and stick at doing it, until it becomes something that I want to do. Um, and so I think we've got to be really careful in understanding uh, what's, what's, what's the analogy that Peter's making here. Should we be having the desire like a baby to be wanting to read our Bible every three hours? Or is he saying something different to that? And I think that what he's actually saying is uh, understand where life comes from. Um, 
your life's not found in the things that you used to think they were found in. Um, those natural desires that we have led you to an empty way of life. They led you, led you into a life that was unholy, that was dirty. Um, the new life that God's given you, the life that's eternal, the life that's hope, um, is a life of holiness. Uh, and so you need to be doing that which is going to be uh, leading in that direction. Um, and, and so it might be just that um, getting somebody to ask you, have you done your daily Bible readings this week and somebody holding you accountable for it, uh, if, if it's not something that you would naturally hold yourself accountable to. Um, me personally, um, I like to have the structure and so I work through a book that gives me passages um, that will read through uh, the whole of the Bible in a year. Um, I've found that's something to be really helpful because uh, other, I guess otherwise my tendency would be to just get stuck into the passage that I'm preaching uh, in an upcoming week or a Bible study that I'm preparing and I'm only thinking about that passage. I think by having that broader perspective, uh, it keeps me in all of the Bible um, and makes me think about other passages that I may not be spending naturally a, a lot of time thinking about and so gives a diversity to it. Um, yeah, other resources that can be to our benefit. Don't restrict this just to reading the Bible. Um, I, I think that Peter's saying, uh, or as I said, mentioned, uh, when Paul uses it in Corinthians, when it's mentioned in the book of Hebrews, milk seems to be talking about the, the basic, the, 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 the fundamental understanding of the gospel as opposed to meat, which is deeper understanding. I think that Peter's using it in a different way uh, to say that this is your relationship with God as God is in your life. He's going to be the one that brings you life. As you obey Jesus, that's going to bring about the transformation so that you become holy. And so getting Jesus into your life by whatever means possible. Uh, and so that's not going to be just you personally reading your Bible quietly and then praying. It's going to be a whole lot of other things depending on who you are. It could be singing. Uh, it could be meeting up with somebody. It could be praying through a passage. It could be uh, reading a Christian book rather than just reading your Bible. Uh, there, there's so many different ways. Uh, we have so many resources in Australia uh, of different ways of developing our relationship with God um, that we've just got to, again, like I'd say, like I said, my home group came up with that I think we've just got to set ourselves, yeah, this is something that could work for me and I've just got to set it as my pattern uh, and then to hopefully as I get into it and I see the benefits coming out of it, it'll be self-reinforcing so that I just want to continue doing that more and more. 6pm, if you have not heard the talk because you were offered the Gospel Coalition combined event on Sunday, then you can go back and have a listen to it. It was recorded on our website, wollongongbaptist.org. Thanks so much for sharing with us today, Ken. It's been a pleasure. You have been listening to Deeper by Wollongong Baptist Church. We'd love you to join us at any of our services this coming Sunday. For details and to hear further content, please head to our website at wollongongbaptist.org.